I was, where was I? Uh, it was Thursday of last week and getting ready for the Good Friday show around here. And Charlie texted me and says, are you looking at what's happening at, at San Francisco State University? They have surrounded Riley Gaines and they're not letting her out. It was a, a bizarre, bizarre situation. If you're not familiar with Riley Gaines, she's the NCAA swimmer who has been very outspoken about uh, trans women competing against biological women in sports. That is men pretending to be women, and in many cases they're pretending because they sucked at men's sports and decided now they're going to be women to try to get ahead, uh, coming into women's sports. And she went to San Francisco State, and transgender activists essentially held her hostage there. And uh, <laughs> the, the students are condemning her violence, Riley Gaines' violence, the violence was she spoke truth, and the truth itself apparently was violence. Well, we're going to hear some of that violence here because I have Riley Gaines with me on the phone. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? I'm doing good, Eric. How are you doing? Great. Um, so first of all, thank you for being outspoken on this issue. I've got a 17-year-old daughter who is just... I mean, visibly angered and perplexed by these issues and the stories of friends of hers who go to schools that are encountering these issues. And she's like, this is absolutely insanity. Why are adults letting this happen? And yet here they are, including at uh, San Francisco State. So I just want to let you talk and explain what happened at San Francisco State. Absolutely. Um, So what I've been doing this past year is trying to get in front of, um, obviously, I've been doing lots of media. I've been going around state to state testifying in different legislature, but a big part of what I've been trying to do is get in front of college campuses and talk to the younger generation, get them involved, let them see for themselves what's really happening and what's at stake if we don't speak truth and stand for common sense. And so um, I went to San Francisco State with the intent of getting in front of a different crowd, a crowd that I knew would, would not be likely to agree with me. And so I went, I gave my speech, um, Throughout the speech portion, it was relatively respectful. There was some heckling, but it was it was civil. But it was after the speech where an ambush of people, um, trans rights activists, stormed the room. They flickered the lights, turned the lights off, rushed the podium to the front of the room where I was, and that's when I was physically assaulted, and, and a police came and escorted me out of that situation to which we went in the hallway to where we were met with more ambushers. Um, and so that's when we had no other option because we couldn't uh, evacuate the building. And so we went into a separate classroom building, and that's where I was kept for essentially three hours. And in this three hours, the the mob, they were screaming, they were yelling, they were chanting vengeful, violent, hateful things, um, both to myself and the officers. Um, they were demanding and trying to negotiate money if I wanted to make it home safely, negotiating with the dean of students who was negotiating back with them. <laughs> and um, I missed my flight home. I was essentially kidnapped, it felt like. You, you, you mentioned it was I was held hostage, but that's exactly what it was. You know, I, I was going to ask if, if you made your flight, uh, <laughs> given just trying to get to the airport over there. Gosh, that, that just – it's so insane. I, I just – I, I, I got to imagine just you and your background and, and being an NCAA, athlete, you 
you probably never saw yourself when you headed off to college thinking, oh, I'm going to be the person who's going around the country explaining what's happening to women's sports. I, I suspect you wanted a career in something else. <laughs> I was supposed to be in dental school this year. And so clearly I'm not working on any teeth. <laughs> I am um, my, my life trajectory of what I thought I had planned for my career is nowhere near what I'm doing. And by no means when I, when I started this, did I feel equipped or like the person who needed to be doing this? I thought surely there was someone with more um, background in this, this type of thing who could speak more adequately to this. And then I realized after they weren't, no one else was standing up. I realized, okay, I guess it's going to have to be me. And that's what it's been the past year and a half since I've taken a public stance on why having men and women's sports in our, in our locker rooms is wrong. So now let's talk about that issue as well. Did, did, did you, uh, if I remember right, I think you did, um, and I can't remember the, what's his name, uh, from the University of Pennsylvania who's been competing in women's swimming. Did, did you ever compete against him? I did, yes. Right. At our NCAA championships last year, my senior year, um, Leah Thomas and I, we raced in the 200 freestyle, which ultimately resulted in a tie. So we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second, and after we tied, um, we go behind the awards podium and the official looks at both Thomas and myself and says, great job, but you guys tied and we only have one trophy. And so this trophy goes to Leah and Leah has to hold it for pictures. So Riley, you can pose with this one, but you'll give it back and you'll go home empty handed and Leah takes the trophy home. Good grief. Wow. I mean, it's even the issue of like, I just presumed I mean, we're on family radio here, but I just presume that if you were going to go that far, like there would at least be surgeries involved. And if you were a man who became a woman, that you wouldn't have biological male parts running around in the women's locker room. But that apparently is not the case in that situation. And it just it baffles me that we're allowing this. Right. And it baffles me that that parents, more dads aren't sticking up to this, more coaches, because you're exactly right. What we experienced was a six foot four, 22 year old man who dropped his pants and he's fully intact with an exposing male genitalia, which I can't even tell you how, what that feeling is like being a woman in a locker room where you're supposed to, you're it's of course, locker rooms in general are uncomfortable, but you, you have this sense of vulnerability in a locker room. Um, but that's all stripped away when you have someone of the opposite sex in there watching others undress. I, I, okay, so, and I, I started to be hesitant on this because I talk about this issue a lot, but in this real-world scenario, it really does just baffle me how there are so many people at the academic level, in the administrative level, in the media, who are just willing to tolerate what seems absolutely bat crap crazy to me, uh, allowing this, and you, you have parents who spend their Time, I mean, like, like my daughter is, is she's an artist, not an athlete. My son's an athlete, but just if my daughter was to spend my mornings and in, in, on the weekends going to matches, getting her coaches, training her to be excellent so she can get a scholarship, and then along comes a guy who can't compete against the men who decides he's a woman, and we're supposed to be like, okay, competitive advantage? No, you don't have one. Right. I know. And as parents, you, you see what goes into it. You see how hard your daughter works. And you, from a parent's perspective, you've put in the time, too, in taking your daughter to practice and um, the finances behind paying for these sports. Because sports nowadays, I know swimming is not cheap. So you guys get it. 
Um, there's so many more people involved here than just the female athlete. This is something that affects not just the young girls or, or, or um, girls competing. It affects men as well. It affects the male athlete. It, of course, affects the parents. These coaches even feel like their their voices are being suppressed. They're put in a hard position because they want to protect their their athletes, but they don't want a lawsuit. They They don't want to have the fear of losing their job. So there's so many more people here who are put in a sicky situation than just the athletes. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. Um, we're just expected almost in, in a way to smile and step aside and let these men take our spots on the podium. Um, but I, I think in general, a lot of eyes have been opened, especially with everything that happened at San Francisco and how that administration responded. And I think the tides will start turning soon. Um, People are, are realizing, you know, this isn't something that's happening on a one-off basis. This is something that's happening at a rampant rate, um, exponential, really. And it's it's not just happening. It's being encouraged and it's being celebrated. Look at Dylan Mulvaney um, with all the Nike stuff. And, and he has a Tampax sponsorship. Yeah. In what world? I mean, talk about not knowing your demographic. <laughs> this is like yeah. marketing 101, but I don't think Dylan Mulvaney needs a Tampax sponsorship. And so really what it is is a mockery and it's of women and it's degrading and it's offensive. Okay. Now, before I let you go, you've got uh, what Megan Rabone or whatever her name is, the, the soccer player out there who for years uh, campaigned on equality in sports and not getting paid as much as the men. Uh, and now she's got her millions and suddenly she's out there campaigning against rules that would prohibit uh, men from playing in women's sports and saying we should allow we should allow trans women into the sports. She herself got beat by a middle school soccer team one time, as a, and yet is convinced that that uh, sex doesn't matter when it comes to sports. It seems like you've got a lot of people out there just undermining women's sports in general once they've gotten their glory and treasure and fame. Absolutely, and that's what we've seen, not just Megan Rapino. There's so many athletes, female athletes, who – I mean, even look at Billie Jean King. She once fought relentlessly for women's sports. She, we have a lot. We have her to a credit, really, for Title IX. But now these same athletes are working relentlessly to destroy what they once fought for. And so it's ironic that they call themselves feminists because what they're fighting for, I call it faux feminism, um, because they're fighting to take away women's rights. Um, Megan Rapinoe, just like you, sh- like you said, she fought so hard for equal pay and equal resources and equal access. And now, like you said, her athletic career is done. She's not playing anymore and she doesn't have a daughter to defend. So why wouldn't she want to be seen as, as this person who's inclusive and kind when it doesn't affect her? She has nothing to personally lose, but in reality, it's not kind to allow a man to share a locker room with a girl. And it's not inclusive to allow a man to take a girl's spot on the podium or scholarship or trophy. It's actually exclusive to the very female athletes who Title IX and the women's sporting category as a whole was created to recognize and celebrate. Now, one last question for you here before I let you go, and thank you for your time on this. You mentioned you feel like we may be turning a corner. Do do you see that in, in the conversations you're having with people? Does it seem like we might be coming back to some level of sanity on this issue? I, I really, really do. Um, I get messages privately I mean, the past year I've been outspoken about this. I get messages privately all the time from parents, even even people who are lifelong liberals who see what's happening in sports specifically, and they see how unfair it is because that's, again, the whole argument is that it's unfair. 
who will message me privately and say, you know, I, I, I can't say anything publicly because, again, I don't want to lose my job. I, I don't want to step on any toes or ruffle any feathers. But I'm seeing people become more and more bold in stating the truth and stating common sense, the science, the reason, the logic behind it all. And so it makes me hopeful. I think we've the pendulum has swung just a bit too far. And I, again, I think the San Francisco incident, I think it came back to bite them in the butt because all it did was highlight how unhinged these people can be just for expressing my perspective. Um, it increased my social media following. It increased the amount of people who have publicly come out and said, hey, this is really wrong. And so I, I believe hopefully soon um, changes will be made to to stop this from happening at all levels in all sports. Well, I sure hope you're right. Uh, and listen, I, I can't thank you enough, one, for, for spending some time with me on the radio to talk about this, but also just doing what you're doing. Again, you, you're supposed to be in dental school and and instead taking up this cause and giving voice for a lot of people who, like you said, I, I get real progressives text me all the time that this is nuts and that they need our side to speak up because they're scared of what will happen to themselves. And so God bless you for speaking up on this. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me on and continuing, allowing me a platform to continue shedding light on it. Absolutely. Thanks very much. Riley Gaines, uh, who is out across America on this issue, held hostage last week by transgender activists at the University of San Francisco, demanding money uh, before they would let her go. Uh, They wound up not paying. Uh, Police had to be involved. Just uh, God bless her for doing this. Uh, It really, y'all, it actually is just kind of insane to me that you've got progressives out there who for years and years and years, it's just been settled science that men have a physical strength that women do not have. We see it in the real world all the time. And they suddenly have decided that that's not actually the case. And don't believe your lion eyes. Don't believe the science. Don't believe the chemistry. and, And let's just do this. You know what it really reminds me of more than anything else? It's 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 that 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 passage in Romans one. It just um, it, for although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles reptiles. Um, that that just that they have been we're seeing in real time Romans 1 play out